Everybody Suffers, How Can I Pray For You? My name is Carl Brown. Welcome to the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. My hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or that you can share that consolation with others. And the sponsor of this podcast is Our Lady of Cabejo. Uh, she, this message is brought to you by Our Lady of Cabejo. Cabejo, Rwanda was the site of the most recent major church-approved apparition of our Blessed Mother. She warned us of the Rwandan genocide of 1994, and she reintroduced the Seven Sorrows Rosary. And she gave this warning about the genocide more than 10 years before the genocide, which she confirmed by predicting the death and resurrection of three visionaries in Rwanda. And the warning she gave the people of Rwanda, she specifically said that it was not just for Rwanda, but a warning for the whole world. So what will you do now? Will you pray the rosary every day as she asked, or will you one day regret not having done enough to prevent what she warned us about? Today's episode, I want to tell you about how the promises of the seven sorrows are realized in the saying of the seven sorrows rosary, in the devotion of the seven sorrows of Mary. Like, how can it be that these things happen? So, let me just jump right in and, and remind you of the seven sorrows, the promises of the seven sorrows. Number one, I will grant peace to their families. Number two, they will be enlightened about the divine mysteries. Number three, I will console them in their pains and accompany them in their work. Number four, I will give them as much as they ask, as long as it does not oppose the will of my son or the sanctification of their souls. Number five, I will defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy, and I will protect them at every instant of their life. Number six, I will visibly assist them at the hour of their death. They shall see the face of their mother. And Number seven, I have obtained this grace for my divine son that those who promote this devotion will be taken directly from this earthly life to eternal happiness. These are some amazing promises. And it's understandable to ask, like, how can this be? How can these promises be made real? It's really a related but somewhat different question of how can Mary make these promises? But... I mean, let's just, let's just remind you that in Fatima, in Portugal, on October 13th, 1917, Mary performed a celestial miracle for 70,000 people to witness. And she, made, she promised that that would happen six months in advance. She made good on that promise. Nothing like that has ever happened in the history of the world. So someone allowed her to do that, Right. And in Quebec and Rwanda, she did that again, but not just once, multiple times. My point is that someone, and I think it's God, is allowing her to intervene in that way. And so, when Mary makes these promises, I think that that I think it's well within her purview to ask God for this, and I can imagine that He would want to grant that to her. But more importantly, it's not like she's promising this, like like she's the one who's brokering it. It's not like Mary is the one who is delivering on these promises. And my wife, Amy, is, is pretty fond of saying, this is more like a roadmap. When you pray the seven sorrows 
rosary every day, this is where you'll end up. So let me just walk through this and say, how can it be that these things happen? The, the first one is peace. There, um, I will grant peace to their family. So how does a family experience peace by praying the seven stars rosary? And here's the answer. First of all, I'm talking to you men, men who are in your car driving or working out, listening to this podcast. It requires you as the man of the house to say, we are going to say the rosary every night for the rest of our lives. And you can't be, you can't be um, cruel about it. <laughs> you, you can't enforce that cruelly. But you just have to say, this is what we're going to do. So at 8.30 every night or 8 o'clock every night, we're going to sit down and we're going to pray the rosary together. And, and what this requires of everyone else is to put everything aside, turn off all electronic devices, and to sit together in the same room quietly, peacefully, <laughs> reflecting on the sorrows of Mary. And when you sit together in the room at the end of the day, it, it does something amazing. We've seen it happen in our family. There were times when our kids were younger when they may be at each other's throats, and then we say, hey, look, it's time to pray the rosary. And like they have to reluctantly sit there. And by the way, it only takes 18 minutes, 20 minutes tops, it takes longer if you let me introduce it and have a reflection for each of the sorrows, but 20 minutes. And I I prove this that the first nine episodes of this podcast are me just saying the seven sorrows rosary, and you can see how long it takes. But when your family sits together at the end of the day, in quiet, in reflection, con- contemplating, you know, the, the, the attributes of God, contemplating the lives of saints, contemplating how Jesus works through other people, it brings peace. And it's, it's a, if, we don't, if we did not say the seven stars rosary, if we didn't say the rosary, because for a long time we just said the rosary, but now we say the seven stars rosary together at night, we say our, uh, a five-decade Dominican rosary on our own. But if we didn't, get together at the end of every day and pray together, there would be days that could go by that I wouldn't see my kids. You know, if I come home late for work or, or there's practice or when someone's got to pick up a kid and drop them off here or there, it'd be very easy for, you know, one day to turn into two to three and I would I, I might not even see my kids. And it's just this, so by spending that time together in quiet and in prayer, it, it brings peace. So that's number one. Number two, Mary says that those who pray this devotion will be enlightened about the divine mysteries. And there's two things going on here, I think. One is insight into the mysteries of God, uh, the mystery of the death and resurrection of Jesus, the mystery of our creation and, and our, our sanctification. And James says in his epistle, James 1, verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God and he will grant it. And so how is it that Mary can say that by praying the seven sorrows rosary, you will be enlightened about the divine mysteries? And the answer is because you'll be praying for that grace. And James says, if anyone 
lacks wisdom, ask God and he will grant it. And when you sit together and you pray, for example, the, the, the virtues, you pray for humility in the first sorrow, generosity in the second sorrow, purity in the third sorrow, patience in the fourth, temperance in the fifth, fraternal charity in the sixth, and zeal in the seventh. When you're praying for these graces, you're going to get them. And when you consider these scenes from Mary's life, it starts to unfold for you the history of salvation, and you you start to learn, and you start to get an insight into the mind of God. And the, again, the 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 way I know that you can experience peace is because we did it. We in our family we prayed it, and we experienced peace. And in they'll be enlightened about the divine mysteries. We prayed the seven stars rosary, and I I saw things in it that blew my mind and I had to write a book about it and I wouldn't have been able to write the book about it. I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to um, run a conference that changes people's lives if it weren't for the enlightenment that I've received in praying the seven stars rosary. Okay. The third promise is that I will console them in their pains and accompany them in their work. So how can we experience consolation? Now, I don't exactly have a scripture passage here to show you that you can experience consolation, but consider this. When you're contemplating Mary's sorrows, it puts your sorrows in perspective. When you consider that Mary suffered and she was the mother of Jesus, like how can you expect not to suffer? That's the first thing. The second thing is that the seven sorrows are scenes from scripture. They are uh, parts, little little scenes from the life of Mary from Scripture. And Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, Scripture profits us. The seven sorrows are scenes from Scripture. So either you experience consolation by contemplating the fact that Mary had to suffer and then ask yourself, why do you have to suffer? Or you can experience consolation through considering these scenes from Scripture. Okay, number four, Mary says, I will give them as much as they ask, as long as it does not oppose the will of my son. How can Mary make this promise? Well, this isn't much different than Jesus saying, ask and you shall receive in Matthew 7, 7. But someone might say, well, that's Jesus. Well, right. But when we're praying the seven sorrows rosary, we're ask, we know that God is God. We know that Mary is not God. Mary is not a goddess. Mary is not a priestess. But we know that she can take our prayers to God on our behalf. And consider in Genesis 20, verse 7, when when Abraham goes to Egypt and he tells Abimelech that Sarah is his wife. And Abimelech takes Sarah and God talks to Abimelech and says, you know, what have you done taking this man's wife? And he says, I didn't know it was his wife. And God, God is talking to Abimelech and he says, now then return the man's wife for he, was a, he is a prophet, so, so that he will pray for you and you shall live. So God is telling Abimelech, you have sinned and you're going to die unless Abraham prays for you. 
well, can't, but I'm like, just ask God, well, just spare my life. I'm a good man. I didn't mean any harm. I didn't do anything wrong. Um, God wants, he wants to give graces through the intercession of others. In Jeremiah 15, 1, uh, God says, then Jeremiah says, then the Lord said to me, even though Moses and Samuel were to stand before me, my heart would not turn towards this people. So the implication there is that if Moses and Samuel had intervened, had intercessed, had prayed for these people that God would have heard, right? Because God wants to give graces through the intercession of others. God wants us to pray for each other. In Job chapter 42, verse 7, we see these three guys are telling Job, hey, just curse God and be done with it. Your life is, you're experiencing suffering. And then God spoke these words to those three friends, okay, in Job 42, let's see, starting um, in, okay, verse 7, after the Lord has spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, my anger burns against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now, therefore, take seven bulls, and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer a burnt offering for yourselves. And my servant Job shall pray for you, and I will accept his prayer not to deal with you according to your folly. So they did that. They, they, they offered a burnt offering to Job. Now, this is God talking to them. They could say, okay, God, I'll just tell you I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But no, God wants to give graces through the intercession of others. So there's three examples from the Old Testament of God uh, wanting to hear the prayers through someone else, even when he's talking directly to that person and that person could respond right there. So when Mary says in the fourth promise, I will give them as much as they ask as long as it does not oppose the will of my son, I think it's safe to say that Mary, the mother of Jesus, if she were to ask Jesus something on our behalf, I think Jesus might listen. I think he might listen to Mary before he listens to Abraham or Moses or Job. I mean, Abraham probably has strong intercessory power, but if Moses, if Mary were to tell Jesus, hey, do this for me, <laughs> who do you think Jesus is going to answer first? Moses, Abraham, Job, or Mary? I think the answer is clear to everyone. So the fifth promise, I will defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy, and I'll protect them at every instant of their lives. In Genesis three fifteen, after the serpent has tricked Eve, and then Eve got Adam to eat from the fruit, and then God finds out and he tells uh, man that he's going to have to earn a living through sweat, and the woman's going to have to bring ch- children through pain and childbirth. Then he, he says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and hers. Okay, I will put enmity, deep-seated hatred. The woman is the enemy of the devil. And then in, in Revelation chapter 12, the woman is clothed with the sun. She's about to give birth to a child, and the and the serpent is right there, wanting to kill the the the, the child. The devil, the devil's enemy is Mary, and who do you think is going to win? Who do you think has more power? 
Okay, <laughs> it's Mary, by the way. So she can offer us protection. Exorcists like Father Chad Ripperger and uh, Father Carlos Martin, they, they say Mary, when she shows up at an exorcism, the evil spirits immediately leave. They just don't even want to be around her. And this reminds me of 1 Samuel sixteen twenty three. I was reading this one time and uh, there was a harmful spirit who was afflicting King Saul. And this is what it says in 1 Samuel 16, 23. Whenever the harmful spirit from, from, from God was upon Saul, David took the harp and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. So David is playing on his harp, and evil spirits leave. Well, what is, that, what is it that David is singing? He's singing the Psalms. Right? Because if it wasn't a psalm before that, now it's going to be written down and let's add it in. We've got to make 150 in here, right? So the psalms were the original tool to ward off evil spirits. And in the Dominican Rosary, for example, there's 150 Hail Marys in three mysteries of five decades each of 10 Hail Marys. And Mary told Dominic the, the rosary is the battering ram against, against hell. And it, it's not any less so with the seven sorrows rosary. Think back to what I just quoted from Job. God says, now, therefore, take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job. What happens if you take seven sets of seven Hail Marys to Mary? Okay, she's going to offer you protection from the, these harmful spirits. Okay, moving right along. The sixth promise, I will visibly assist them at the hour of their death. They will see the face of their mother. How can Mary promise this? Well, do we not think that at the moment of our death, we're going to have a vision? In Acts seven fifty six, Stephen is being martyred, and he says, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Okay. He's seeing Jesus at the moment of his death. And here's my question. If Mary promises you that she will do this for you, can't you imagine her standing at the right hand of the Son of Man so that when you die, you'll see her? And, and, and if you pray seven times, seven times every day, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, don't you think that she's going to make good on that promise? If if Stephen can see Jesus, when you die, maybe maybe that portal into the, the heavenly vision will be just a little bit bigger and you'll be able to see Mary and maybe some other saints. I'm just saying it's, how can it not be true? This woman who performs celestial miracles on earth in our, you know, in our lifetime, in, in the 1980s in, in Rwanda. Okay, the seventh promise. Okay, so this is one of great contention. Okay, yeah. So you're saying that if I pray the seven stars rosary, I'm going to go right to heaven. Mary says, I have obtained this grace from my divine son that those who propagate this devotion to my tears and dollars will be taken directly from this earthly life to eternal happiness. Okay, how can that be? All right, well, let's think about what did Jesus say? In Matthew 25, 34, he says, at the end of time, I will the Son of Man will judge all the nations, and he will say to those on his right, 
Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Because, why? Because you saw people who were hungry and you gave them food. You saw people who were naked and you gave them clothing. You cared for the material needs of, as Jesus says, the least of these. So, Jesus is saying that inherit, you'll inherit the kingdom prepared from the foundation of the world when you meet the material needs of our brothers and sisters. So, is it, is it crazy to think that if you are spreading this devotion to the seven stars of Mary, which comes with it peace and enlightenment and consolation and protection, isn't it, isn't it possible to think that caring for people's spiritual needs are, is greater than caring for their material needs? And isn't it possible to imagine that if you are fulfilling the Great Commission, which is, go, which is Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, isn't it possible to conceive that the same Jesus who says, come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world, because you took care of the material needs of these, isn't it possible to think that he would say the same thing for those who spread this devotion? And (laughs) how can it not be? So there we go. I have explained to you in 20 minutes or so how these seven promises come about, how these promises are fulfilled. And You know, my hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or so that you can share consolation with others. I'm Carl Brown. This is the everybodysuffers.com podcast. Everybody suffers. How can I pray for you? Email me your prayer intentions, carl at everybodysuffers.com. God bless you. Have a great day.